everyone, and welcome back to Behind the Mask. I'm one of your hosts, EJ, and joining me today are Lori. Hello. T. Hey. And our special guest, Lexi. Hi. <laughs> this is episode 22, which we're calling The Masks of Family Ties. We um, are going to be talking a little bit about Lexi's uh, recent experience that she's had um, in her family and kind of discovering some things about her background that she didn't know. Um, and we just kind of wanted to talk a little bit with her as well as just discuss the general mental health of that. Um, but just a friendly reminder that anything discussed in this podcast is not to be used as a diagnosis or a replacement for conversations with your own doctors, therapists, psychologists, or medical professionals. And as um, I stated, so this is Tina's daughter, Lexi, and I think I Tina will introduce her best. So Tina, why don't you take it away? <laughs> Great. Thank you. So just a little background. Um, yeah, Lexi is my daughter. She is my youngest daughter. Uh, and uh, before uh, I became pregnant with her, her dad and I had split up for a short time. During that time, uh, I had, was in another relationship. And then uh, my, her dad and I decided to get back together, discovered I was pregnant, and we didn't know who the dad was going to be. So Back then, it was really difficult to get paternity tests, so we had all decided that the best course, because she has two older sisters, that the best course was for um, my husband to, he was just going to be her dad. It didn't matter. That's what he said. It did not matter. Um, this was his kid, and so we decided to raise you know, the, all the girls as a family. Uh, we may have made a slightly different choice had we had different options for finding out paternity uh, for Lexi's sake, and, you know, it turned out to be Lexi, um, but uh, we didn't have that available to us, and so we just moved forward. Well, um, some time ago, Lexi found out that uh, her dad was not her biological dad, so she decided to uh, go on a journey from there, and um, that's the part I'll let Lexi talk about. Mm -hmm. All right. <laughs> um, I found out the possibility of having a different bio dad than my sisters um, around the age of 21, because I had a conversation with, I, I still call him my dad. Um, he's the one that raised me, so it doesn't matter to me. Um, I had a conversation with him and it came about that there's a 50-50 chance he's not my bio dad. And so um, I didn't really, do anything about it for a while. I didn't really know how I felt on it. I know I didn't feel negative, negatively. Um, mm -hmm. I kind of had feelings um, of being a little different than my sisters, but um, no less of family or anything like that. Um, right. And so when he said that, that made sense. And I had like a strong feeling like, I could, I could see that being more possible than 50-50 at this point. And so um, a few years ago, my dad and his sister decided to take an Ancestry.com test. Um, and they found out that they have a different bio dad from each other. And my aunt got to meet those family members. And I remember getting more curious at that point um, of just wanting to know for sure, even though I like had a strong feeling. And then I didn't really think about finding other family members if it turned out to be that way, because it just didn't cross my mind until I finally 
um, I think it was last month, I got the results of it, but I had taken the test because it shows you your matches. Um, and I knew that if I didn't match with my dad because he had already taken the test, then I knew that I had all these other family members to look for. And so I got the results back and I found a second cousin who happened to be my bio dad's cousin and they had not talked talked in 40 years about a long time they didn't have a strong I, they probably lived farther apart um so she didn't know where to find him um but when I was waiting for her to respond to me on Facebook because I found her Facebook mm -hmm. um it was the only one in that area that had her name um and she confirmed that she had taken an asset ancestry test and so I had a strong feeling it was her I didn't know for sure yet and then um so I was starting to follow that trail and I went on her Facebook and found um some people with the last same last name that my bio dad's supposed to have and then I found a woman that had that last name and she was married to a man that had the same first name and last name but it started getting a little crazy because it turned out that he just had the same name as the man and happened to be her his wife be mutual friends with my second cousin and mm -hmm. but he wasn't the same man that I was looking for but he and his wife actually found his Facebook um because they had talked like 20 30 years prior um because of having the same name there was a mix up there and they happened to get connected but um I just thought it was a small world that his wife happened to be friends with um, my second cousin. And so I found his Facebook and they also sent me his sister's Facebook and I messaged them both. Um, and he responded and we both um, cooperated the background. Like I, I let him lead with um, him knowing my mom and happened to know my aunt, my dad's sister, because um, they had met at her house. Um, and so him telling me like his side of the story confirmed that that's the same person that I was looking for and that happened I got I got the results and then the next day I found him so it happened in a day wow. and suddenly I had a dad and um, he's been married to his wife for 16 years 15 I think um, so I have another stepmom and I have two siblings that live with him that he has regular contact with um, and then three others that um, similar stories to the one the women wanting to raise the children away um, with their other people and he has contact with the third um, daughter and but she doesn't know that he yeah, it's super complicated. I'm not going to get into that. That's their, their stuff. But I can meet the two youngest siblings. I'm actually planning to take a trip here in the next month to go meet them. They live on the other side of the country from us. So it'll be my first time flying and okay. just meeting them. So it's been pretty crazy for me. Lexi, what, um, <clears throat> what an incredible journey. Yeah, you've been on, on this. Um, 
kudos to you for not panicking in it. Um, it shows such maturity and it shows good mental and emotional health on your part. You know, because I know so much more about your story because I've known you yeah. since, you know, you were like this big and, and um, you know, you grew up with my sons and mm -hmm. I consider you and your sisters like my adoptive daughters <laughs> that I don't have, you know, so I absolutely <laughs> adore you all and, you know, have seen you grow up and this the way that you handled this was, as I said, very mature, but just amazing. It could have gone very differently. Um, I don't know if you remember, but I'm adopted. Mm -hmm. And I, every, everything that I've heard about my adoptive family in no way makes me want to run out and find them. Yeah. Um, but yet at the same time, your, your journey and your story is inspiring me to, to think, well, maybe it wouldn't all be bad and maybe they're different people. And, you know, so what, what I'm hearing from you kind of gives me hope that maybe I could go out and look for some of these. I, I do know that um, last my adoptive mother had heard from the social worker that we, we do have a, a, we had a baby brother out there. My sister and I were adopted together. And so there is, you know, and I believe my sister uh, went out and looked up, you know, did all this stuff. Um, but at the time I still wasn't, I wasn't, I asked her, I said, please don't include me in any of that. I don't want anything to do with what you're doing. I don't want to know. I don't want to meet them. I don't want some straight <clears throat> on my doorstep telling me there's some long lost, whatever, you know, I just was not emotionally ready. And, um, but with all the counseling that I've had and all the things that I'm doing and then listening to your story, I feel like, hmm, maybe there is some positives and some, some really good things that can happen out of this. So Thank you for sharing your story with me and, and everyone else, um, giving me hope. Thank you. I, I think the best thing about it is no matter which way it goes, it's closure. Mm -hmm. It's just like the final answer. And um, I know internally I was, I was panicking like inside, but on the outside, I couldn't do anything about it, if that makes sense. I just went with the flow. <laughs> Sometimes it's just easier to do that. Uh, faith and courage, uh, you know, a lot of people, how we have faith and courage is that even when we're scared, even when we're fearful, even when we are still moving forward, we're still doing, we're still taking that step, and that's what you did. Even though it's not that you, we aren't scared or that we don't feel these things or we don't have a ton of emotions associated with them, but we still move forward in that healthy way. And we still say, okay, I can handle the next thing and I'm going to keep going. And that's what you did. And that's what was so mature and very healthy about what the way that you handled it. So thank you. I, I think you're never brave without the fear. The fear has to be there to even be called brave. So, so true. Well, I want to thank you for sharing because I think if 
it's um, a lot of people would really be going through this and like, I don't know if I want to share that. So I really appreciate you coming on and sharing with us. Um, you know, I know you and I don't know each other that well. And I was just wondering, um, I know Lori and Tina, you know, you guys have <laughs> Tina's your mom and Lori, yeah. you've known for so long. Fair mom. Feel, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like a second mom. Um, do you feel like if this had happened maybe five, 10 years ago that you would have reacted the same way? Or do you feel like it would have been a different reaction at that time? No, I feel like relatively I probably would have reacted the same. Just I've always been curious about why I felt different and even not maybe to necessarily meet the other family members, but just to kind of self-reflect of where I get some of my traits from and um, just questions answered at a younger stage. But now that I'm older, I feel like now I'm like, I've missed as much time and um, my siblings that I'm going to be meeting, they're nine and 13 right now. So I could have met them when they were that young, but I don't, I guess I'm just more mature now. So that's, that's the main difference of not doing it as soon. Right. And I think that's, that's an important thing to know. How old are you? If you don't mind sharing. I am 26. I'll be 27 in like two months. So you're, you're in your twenties. So, and I can understand like, you know, you might not have been as receptive to maybe the, the meeting then back then. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and then you kind of alluded to it there with your answer was that, um, growing up, did you ever have any feelings like, why am I not like my sisters? Why, why do I not act like dad or why, why yeah. is different? You know, did you have those like kind of thoughts, but then you just kind of pushed them in the back of your head? Yeah. I actually remember, um, I've always been said that I'm my mom's twin like I look just like her but <laughs> I've always still had this feeling like I'm like adopted or something <laughs> but I knew that wasn't possible because right. I, I do look just like my mom um you do. yeah I, I can just look I, at I back just, and forth and like yeah. you guys look so much alike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 um and so like I, I always just had like a feeling I just never thought of it being like the possibility of it because I didn't hear a lot of stories of people finding their bio family except for like on movies so yeah like I didn't really think of it being like oh this could happen to me (laughs) right but I definitely felt like a difference I just thought I got more of my mom than my sisters did or I just didn't get anything from my dad and it turns out that I didn't but (laughs) (laughs) well not that dad anyway right (laughs) and ever since talking to him um I see a lot of similarities between me and him and my with their siblings so just like everything just made sense it was just all happening at once um I have another question for you how how is this affecting your relationship with with um your father your dad who you call your dad um I think he was just worried that I would take it all negatively um I don't think he worried about me not looking at him the same and I made that clear with him that it doesn't change anything. Like I still call him dad. I call the other man by his name <laughs> right now. I just, until I meet him, right. but um, he's the one that raised me and I don't think he feels any differently. He tried to make that clear that I'm always going to be his kid. It, but he always knew that of the possibility. Um, right. So I think he was prepared for that. And um we've been good yeah. with that. It, 
hasn't really changed anything. And without, you know, say what you want to say, <laughs> but how is it affecting you and your mom? Um, I think that um, for the same thing, I think she was worried that I wasn't gonna, like it was gonna affect me negatively, but um, I hope that she knows that I'm doing good and we haven't changed anything. We've been excited mm -hmm. talking about my plans to go see them and right. um, my, I can say younger sister now, I was, I was the youngest before I knew this, but um, <laughs> my youngest sister made a birthday card for my son. He just turned one, so <laughs> she made him a birthday card and it's really cool. It, and so we've been mm -hmm. talking about that because me and my mom are both artsy too and yeah. it's cool to know that I get that from outside of the family too. <laughs> so then speaking of that then T how do you or how are you feeling about all of this new news because this you know you had knew there was a potential that she wasn't you know at the time the man who raised her child but you raised her he raised her as his own and um, now she's found her biological family and how does how are you reacting to all this so you know first of all we we didn't know while she was growing up for sure so while she was growing up I was just so grateful she looked so much like me <laughs> because <laughs> then you know we could just pass off her differences and live life like it was just because she's just my mini me um but uh there was a lot of complications uh, when um, her dad and I split up. And so there's been, in the beginning, there was strain on Lexi's and I's relationship um, because of the age she was when we split up and she was going through some things at that time. Okay. So, um, and I was less available. So, but as time has gone on, we've rebuilt our relationship and then now she's got kids of her own. And I think with each of my kids, as they've had kids, our relationship has strengthened because we get to bond as mothers. I'm still their mom, mm -hmm. but we, we get to bond as, as, mother, as mothers. And mm -hmm. um, I also think as Lexi was talking, I was thinking about the fact of the timing of her finding out. Um, so before I start on that part, just my reaction, one of my reactions is a little bit of embarrassment because it, it shines a light on a time in my life that I may not have behaved the way I should have, but it looks worse than it was too. So there's that combination. And so um, it's like, I, I feel like when we tell the sto Lexi story, I feel like, well, hang on, let, let me, let me explain things first. So you don't think. I'm yeah. <laughs> you know, but, um, but that's actually worked out better than I thought it would. And it's not been as bad as I thought it would be. But um, I think what helped, helps with Lexi is she's had her own experiences as a young adult uh, that she went through around the same time, same age I was then. So I, I didn't worry as much about her reaction to me because I knew she would understand because she had her own experiences and has had things that she's had, some tough stuff she's had to deal with. So that has given her some wisdom and, and, uh, whatnot which is I'm just so proud of her and that would be I think the biggest feeling I have is how proud I am of her because she has handled this so maturely mm -hmm. and with such grace huge amount of grace 
at no time has she even indicated in any way that it's changed how she sees myself or her dad. So um, I also think that part of what helps is that her bio dad and I did, it was, there was no bad blood. Um, we didn't make the, I didn't make the decision to not include him in her life because he had done something wrong. He didn't do anything wrong at all. He was a good guy. So I think that helped her going in and being able to tell her, look, he's not going to reject you. I really doubt he'll reject you because he was a good guy and he wanted you. And right. so, yeah, it I wasn't think, like he, you had like an abusive relationship with him and that's why you were no longer Right, together. exactly. And him walking away was out of respect to me and respect to this unborn child to have a chance at a, a family, you know, mm -hmm. and not have it fractured. And like I said, we were all really young and we didn't have access to paternity tests. Mm -hmm. And so it's not like we could get an answer. Yeah. Even mm -hmm. after she was born, it would be really hard. I mean, there were paternity tests, but they were expensive and yeah. it just would have been really hard. So the decision was ultimately left to me by uh, both her dad and her bio dad. And so that's, that's the way that went, but it wasn't because he had done anything wrong. So I think that helped for her. Awesome. Yes. And I think, I think that's a good thing to, to maybe talk about some more because that's, that's where my fears came from, you know, in my, I didn't have, it wasn't a, a healthy situation, you know? Yes. Um, so for me, right off the bat, there was much more likelihood that I would be finding or coming into a situation that really might not be very healthy, but that's not to say that it might not be great. Right. We're fine. Um, it's just that because of the, my, the circumstances before my, my being adopted and even through the process of adoption, you know, because there was a lot of abandonment and drugs and alcohol and abuse and, you know, <clears throat> that my situation definitely didn't, at least on the surface, lend itself to this is going to be a positive outcome, you know. So, yeah. you know, even with maturity, I still have, you know, some reservations <clears throat> because, you know, but I think you're right, Tina, in that the older I get and the more mature and the more stable and settled I am, the more I know I can make choices and I can put up boundaries and I can do things safely and I can, you know, I, and I also know just by the very nature of people that we change, <laughs> that we all grow. Uh, most of us, there are a few who remain eternal Peter Pans and, um, you know, uh, little Tinkerbells, but um, <clears throat> most of us grow and mature. And, you know, the other thing, I want to, I want to touch on too, that you said, and this is where my, my kudos go out to you, Tina. It's really hard to have our, our sins, our past, um, you know, brought out like that and, and a, sh a spotlight, if you will, on that. And I love your vulnerability and your transparency and your willingness to, to talk about it because 
you were young. You, you're, we are all human beings. We're all infallible. I think I was 22. Oh my goodness gracious. Yeah. You were still a baby. As we've said before, your frontal lobe wasn't even done yet. Um, You know, and when it's funny because as moms, right, we can look at our children and we can have grace and forgiveness and unconditional love. And then we look at ourselves at the same age and we can be much harder on ourselves. We can be so hard on our, our actions and reactions and everything that we do, right? And we don't tend to give ourselves that grace, which is what I think can lend itself to some negative things coming up and, and tension and, and just a lack of grace and empathy all around. And the only way that something like this happens is when everybody is ready, mature, full of grace, willing willing to be transparent and vulnerable and like yep i was a human and this is what i did and this is how it happened and 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 not it's not about feeling bad about it or anything it's just about accepting it also if there is a piece of that taking responsibility for whatever it is you know and and then lovingly moving forward and so what I love about this story that the two of you have brought to us, this is that that's what this is. And that's why, you know, I wanted to talk about it because, because I feel like that this is a really great example mm-hmm. of how with grace and love, anything is possible, yeah. you know? And that's why I said, like, so your story gives me hope, you know, because mine may not come out as easy and clean as the, the one that you had, but I am so excited for you. Thank and you. I'm so excited for, you know, there's just, this is wonderful. We just, you have more family. Right. <laughs> and it's like a, and I love what you said too about like um, your new sister making a card. Mm-hmm. That, that love is just so heartwarming and touching. And, you know, what an opportunity yeah. for your children. And, and all of your family, right. you just celebrate yeah. and, and be okay with this, what could be a really awkward situation. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. And this is, this is an amazing story. And I want to say kudos because kudos to the dads out there who, you know, take on the responsibility of a child that may not be theirs and raise them as their own and don't see them any differently. Cause I think that's often the stigma is that, you know, men are the easy, the one they can easily walk away and it's just, but then there's the men who do stand up. So I think props to those guys who do stand up like that and be like, no, I'm going to raise this kid as my own. And I'm glad that your relationship with him has not changed. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, I don't have the, <laughs> that in my you know family history, like I know who my parents are. It's obvious who my parents are, but, um, I, you know, I have a lot of family. Like my dad is one of seven kids and of them, I think six of the seven had children. So I have cousins all over the States and there's cousins I've never met. And I know one of our cousins is starting to work on trying to get like the DNA tests done and stuff, because there's a lot of family questions we have as to like, or more of our heritages and just, just stuff that we might not know about in our family. Um, And 
you know, unfortunately my dad passed away last year before he was able to do the test. So I will be doing one soon. I'm hoping to just kind of see, and I'm curious too, just like who's in our family. Cause my grandmother was really into genealogy. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, this is going to be a great step too for your children, because now, you know, you get to show like, wow, like I have multiple families now and there's, yeah. there's a bigger family than maybe what they had. Cause I, I'm an only child, so I don't have siblings. Um, so for me, it's like, oh, okay. I'm mom and dad. And, you know, um, and then I don't have any children right now. Uh, so, you know, one day I hope I have kids, but you never know. And, but yeah, I think this is, this is a great stepping stone for you guys. And I, I, I look forward to kind of an update, you know, when you do get to yeah. meet your family and just see how it goes. And, you know, you may get there and like, man, this is cool, but I'm going to keep them from a distance, but it may be like, yeah, I'm going to visit them on a you know regular basis. So right. it's, it, you have opened up so many possibilities and just being, um, like you said, mature and more aware of who you are and now you're a mom um so your your brain is a little it's thinking differently than just you know like oh I'm I'm young you know young and 20 and (laughs) I can do whatever um and yeah I think um moving forward is great and I you know and I also think that there's the um this can affect other people around you too like we talked a lot about the family and yes it's the family ties but like how are your sisters taking this? Like, have they like, you know, cause I mean, it, I would imagine they wouldn't be taking it like su- super bad. Cause like, you're still their sister. Everyone's pretty much taken it the same of like, it doesn't really change anything. Mm-hmm. Um, it just kind of answers some questions, but mm-hmm. my sis, my oldest sister was like, well now, like if I lose a kidney or something, I don't, uh, might not, have a sister go to for that which is actually that the health piece was actually something I was going to ask about because that I was feel my main like thing. oftentimes parents and you know you have similar health risks and or those diseases already and so have you has a discussion been had or are you going to have a discussion with him is like hey are there medical things I may need to know about because that's often you know, like if there's a genetic something that's passed down through your genes is that <clears throat> anything yeah actually um we were talking about that a little bit because originally when before I knew the results um my dad has the one that raised me has Hashimoto's um okay and I have hyperthyroidism. Thyroidism. And so, like, I was like, well, if we are related, that would make sense. But then um, talking to my bio dad, he has hypothyroidism too and um, has other stuff going on. Um, I can't remember what it's called, but it affects his legs and his hands where he can't pick up like a penny or a card or yeah I think that's it um so he has that so I have to watch for that I don't know um if it's genetic or if it's caused by something else I haven't looked it it up yet but um we were just talking about that recently but that was that was one of my main things is like I need to know this history too even if I don't go and meet them I need to know right I have or if I'm not related to my my dad that raised me, then I know that I won't have as many risks 
of the mm-hmm. stuff that his family has. Right. Um, so one so of the that, things that she did discover that is in his family that is really important for her to know is that his mom died of cancer at a pretty young age. So it's mm-hmm. it's going to be important for her to find out what kind it was and to, to help her screen for it. Um, yes. If there's if there's any, you know, because sometimes like there's cancers that moms pass to daughters right. um, and that go down to the female line. Yeah. But sometimes it can be just your dad's side of the family. It's not a gender thing. It's just your his side of the family is prone to this cancer. So it's going to be important for her to get more information on that too, uh, not only for herself, but her kids. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. uh, I have two underlying causes for my liver disease and one is a genetic, Right. but I wouldn't have known because we have no medical records, you know, which right. is part of actually why I believe um, my sister decided, you know, she wanted to know these things, you know, she she, you know, and so I just asked her, please don't involve me. I'm not ready for that. I don't want to know anything. And, um, like I said, maybe I'll change my mind. You know, we'll see, we'll see, what we know. but, um, you know, yeah, medical is a huge reason why I've, a lot of what I've heard on TV and in articles and things like that, there's so many things that it is helpful. You know, I've always just, when it says, you know, neck, um, you know, do, what do your parents have this? I just cross through all that because I have no clue. I just, I'm like, I don't know, no, no medical records, no nothing. You know, I've always, I've just grown so accustomed to crossing it out and saying, I have no idea. Yeah. Um, you know, cause, and I joke with my, you know, medical staff and whatever. I'm like, no, no, no. I was adopted in the stone age. I didn't do all that <laughs> stuff. You know, there was no such thing as an open adoption back then. It, right. I didn't know about it, um, you know, <clears throat> so um, usually adoption was still something you weren't really doing a lot of talking about. It was one of those oddly, I don't know, we'll have to go into like um, ma- tab- masks, taboo masks or something, you know, yeah. <laughs> things that, um, you know, just weren't socially acceptable, you know, um, back then. So it just wasn't something you talked about. A lot. So one of the things I want to say to something to what you're saying, Lori, is that here's some things to consider. First of all, through my through my experiences uh, with work and whatnot, uh, I work with a lot of dysfunctional families. And one of the things that I can say is that yes, there is often an intergenerational component. So if one generation is abusive, just straight up abusive, likely they learned it from somewhere. So they learned it from their parents, et cetera, et cetera. But there is a component to your family that might change that. And that's that there was addiction evolved. <clears throat> While that can be intergenerational, it is not always. So there they may be they may be the piece of the family that was doing that, but you'll find a lot of family, extended family members were not. So they may their parents may not have been, or one of their parents, sets of parents may not have been like that, especially back in that day. Um, and then another piece to that too is that um, their siblings may not have gone down that road, um, or their siblings' children, or their their other children. They may have gotten help. So there's a lot of things that you don't know per se, but it is still reason for caution and certainly understandable. What's great about how things are done today, watching Lexi do it, is that she she found her she got her ancestry back 
which was really cool to see some of the hair, um, you know, culture, uh, heritage, whatever you want to call that stuff on there. Native American. Yeah. Through him. She has Native American through him. Um, and she's normally blonde just so you know so (laughs) right now you can kind of sort of see oh okay I can see where that's at but no normally she's blonde and it doesn't show up at all but anyway (laughs) 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 but uh but uh wow where was I going with that I think oh watching you go through the process I was talking about that that um then you get to you get the feed the the results back of who else has taken a, a test and see who you're linked to. Mm-hmm. You don't have to contact them. As a matter of fact, I think you can set it up so they can't see that you linked to them. Mm-hmm. So you don't mess I think you can do that. You most things you can Yeah, yeah you can set it to show uh, them the match. I think I remember the setting. Yeah. So others that. don't you don't you know others may not see you match to them. So keeping that in mind, there might be people out there who have it set up that way too. But anyway, um, but you can go look and see, like if you see, oh, this person's listed as a first cousin, well, then you can go, you can find them on Facebook. You can find them that way. That's what Lexi did. And so get a feel for who these people are and decide whether you want to make that contact or not. So just because you take the step doesn't mean you're all in. You can go in in the shallow end. Right. No. And that's a really good point. And I think like kudos to social media, because I think a lot of people, there's a, such a stigma to like oh, social media is like the vein of all existence. And it's just like, it's not great. But in, in this aspect, this is a great piece because, you know, you, you get these results, you find out somebody you're connected to and it's like, what do you do now? And 30 years ago, it was send a letter to the first, first person you found in the phone book and if you're lucky, you'll get a response. Um, in my family, I know, um, so my mom's parents um, married while they were still in the army during World War II. And my grandfather, so my mom's dad, had, there was always kind of the joke that he married my grandmother at the time he did, because he didn't want to go back home to his home state to where all his family was and possibly marry the person he was supposed to marry or planning to marry when he went into the army. So there was always the joke that, oh, maybe they have half siblings in, you know, somewhere else in those states or in the world, you know, and he just, they didn't know about. And I, you know, with my mom's passed away now, and I mean, my uncle's still alive, her brother, but, um, you know, we may never know that. Um, And back then, you know, 50 years ago, we would have never been able to just go on social media and look up somebody with the same last name. And um, a friend of ours here, or a friend of mine here, she um, actually has the same maiden, her maiden last name is the same as my grandparents' last name. So like, she's like, yeah, I'm going to look your, you know, this person's name up just to see. She's been helping me clean out my storage room and going through some of my old family stuff. But it's just amazing the connections and the ties that we find. And I know I had mentioned early, my grandmother was really into genealogy and she tracked people back. I mean, she used to do that. She would send the letters and say, hey, I think I might be related to you or hey, you know, and then she'd maybe get a letter or she'd get a, some family pictures and stuff. So it's really neat how now Ancestry.com can do so much of that. Um, and like Tina said, it's like step, stepping in the shallow end because you don't have to like 
physically go see them. You can just like mm-hmm. message them on Facebook or look on Facebook and see, well, I don't really like the looks of them or I don't like what they're doing. So I don't know if I'm going to contact them. Whereas, you know, 20 years ago, you might not have had that chance. So I think this, in this way, I think social media is a great tool. I love it for communicating with family. Cause it's, I, most of my family lives out of the state I'm in. In fact, I'm the only one of my family that lives in the state. So <laughs> I don't know. I don't see them that frequently. So Facebook's a great tool. I was going to say, um, I was actually, when I first got the results back, I was thinking that if I find anyone in their older, how likely are they going to have Facebook? Mm. Um, and when I did find the bio dad, he was talking about how he like never goes on Facebook. Um, and the first, the second cousin that I, I found, she rarely goes on Facebook because they're in their forties, a little older. And, um, it's just less likely in the older generation, I think. Um, right. So I was like, oh, what if my trail goes dead? But it's still way more um, results are easier to find, definitely with yeah. the internet. And um, there were like, I almost lost my trail a couple of times along the way. I was like, oh my gosh. But you <laughs> persisted, which is awesome. A lot of people would have just given up, but you didn't. And that's awesome too. So I definitely want to give a shout out to her bio dad's wife. Um, because that's an area that could have gone sideways. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you yeah. know, I mean, who, who of us would want to get that message? Like my spouse has another kid. <laughs> right. She was excited. She said it but, was a very major day for him and it was yeah. amazing. And, um, actually my, my dad that raised me and my aunt, when they found out she, pursued reaching out to family as well she got a hold of a couple sisters but the bio dad didn't want to meet her because um it was at the event of the dad cheating on his current wife and I believe that they're still together and so he didn't want to stir all that up and so I was almost expecting something like that happening um but she was just the total opposite and um my 13 year old and nine-year-old siblings also I was worried like are they gonna be excited or are they gonna not want this and so everyone is super excited and Mm -hmm. I feel very lucky to have that because I know that that's it isn't all always the case there is the possibility of the rejection and Mm -hmm. um it's definitely something to um prepare for but I think it's worth trying yeah for sure depending on like like you said Lori, the not hearing such good things makes it like do I want the answer (laughs) right right a a little more scary if you will I guess Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. you know I know we always like to kind of we're very faithful women here um and I was thinking I've always said that the old testament is like um a uh, an ancient Israelite soap opera (laughs) because it's just that's what it reminds me of you know there's this family and -and so-and-so killed so-and-so and -and so-and-so did this and this people were exiled and these people were you know and and this guy wants this guy's wife so he's gonna send that guy off to war right Right. Right. oh yeah but that guy's a, a man after God's own heart and you're like wait a minute Okay, I guess I'm not so bad. <laughs> Most of these people are in Jesus's lineage, just saying. Right, right. <laughs> so it was really interesting. I, I wanted to look up a couple of scriptures 
And one that came to mind is something like this. And I think about this genealogy thing that you guys are talking about. What's it called? The, the, the tree thing? The ancestry.com. Ancestry. Yeah. Those. And I know there's some other ones, you know, out there, but 23 of me. Yeah. We're not plugging anything. Um, so, um, anyway, this scripture came to mind and I, I really thought about first Chronicles nine, one, it says so all Israel was enrolled by genealogies and behold, they are written in the book of the Kings of Israel. And I, I'm just like, somewhere, all these names, they're written, right? And, and they are there. They're there to be discovered. They're there to be revealed. They're there to run away from, to run to, um, whatever it is you're going to do with them. But they are there. They're, they're, those connections are there. And if we're patient and grace-filled and mature, then we can, you know, move forward in these really exciting new ways and find those really deep connections. But I also want to give some hope for those that, that don't come from some healthy things. Right. You're no less important. And it says it in Hebrews. Right. It says, Hebrews 7.3 says, without father, without mother, without genealogy, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but made like the son of God, he remains a priestly perpetuality, meaning we have genealogy in our faith, in God. And so even if we don't have that here on earth, we, have, we have it in heaven. We have it eternally. So don't, don't let that, you know, get you. Let, let, you, can, you can find it, but if you don't, guess what? You still have genealogy. You still have a grounding in faith. And, and just want to share that. I always like to share the positive, you know, and bring scripture because I love scripture. So. Right. Yeah, and it's important to, like, I know for me, like, as an adult, so last year I became an orphan, like for all intents and purposes, you know, my dad died, my mom had passed away a few years prior. Um, and so I take comfort in knowing that I'm still a child of God and I'm still their ch child. I'm just, I don't have my parents on earth, but I have always have God. Um, and I think, you know, the piece that we can all kind of, I don't know, take away from this is that, you know, families are always messy. And I think that, you know, having courage and having support in your family to do the things you're doing. Like, I, I'm just spitballing here, but Lexi, if you hadn't had as much of a support from your mom, you might not have been as gung-ho about doing it. Or, you know, I, so I, you know, that's, you know, you have a support system, a strong support system that's, you know, positive, like, hey, you know, we're going to support you doing this. Um, and I think, Lori, like you said, you know, your sister at the time was starting to look into, like, your guys' family history is, you know, let's see, but you weren't ready. And that's okay. Like, you don't have to be ready. Um, but when you have, like, you knew you were adopted. Yes. You know, for Lexi, it's, oh, you know, as an adult, you find out the man you were raised with as your father is not your biological father. And that can be jarring for people. Um, and I don't know, Tina, if you've ever worked with people who've gone through something similar, like 
their reactions or like how they've taken it. Cause I can imagine it can cause some depression and anxiety and, you know, stress in the family because of well, it. Just coming out of what you're talking about. I mean, there's, you listed a lot of different factors. There's so many factors to how we're going to handle these things. You know, for me, one of the things you asked me is how I was handling this. And I, and I don't know that I got to, to one of the most important pieces to me and that's supporting Lexi. Like she had no choices in any of this. And so being as graceful as I could to support her was super important. So that made it easy. Um, I myself kind of feel like a partial orphan in a way because um, I have a good relationship with my own mother, but it's distant. It's, it's sporadic. It's like a lot of time in between talking to her, not because she's done anything wrong or that she loves me any less. It's just complicated. There's a lot of complications that impact that. So that's just how it is. But when you go, when someone says, mom, she doesn't pop right into my mind. Unfortunately, I feel really bad for that because that's not her fault. Um, and then my dad, that's super complicated too. He's still alive, but not available currently. We'll just say. <laughs> there you go. So I don't, it's like when I, when people say mom and dad, they don't pop into my brain as mom and dad. When people say mom and dad, I think of my kids, you know, and things like that. So in the same that, way. That, in a way, for me, is where I stand, is that I love my extended family. I love my, my, my grandparents and my aunts and my uncles and my mom and even my dad. I love them. But when I think of family, I think of my kids and grandkids. And so that's where my priorities lie, is what am I giving my future generations? And so when Lexi was going through this, that... I, I was actually, we were texting back and forth that, that day she was um, trying to find her dad, her bio dad, and, you know, she would send me pictures of this, <laughs> you know, and, and we talk about characteristics and who he was right. and how he was, and we had a lot of conversations, so I was tracking that, and I kept checking in with her, are you nervous? Are you scared? Don't be mm -hmm. scared, it's okay, you know, but uh, my goal was, is to make it easier for her but not just easier, but a positive experience for her, the best that I could, because I owed that to her, because she was dealing with something that came out of my behaviors, my actions, so that was part of my responsibility, but um, yeah, and then as far as, you know, the mental health aspect of it, just in general, it just, there's just so many factors to it, and each person, like you guys have all said, has to make a decision based on what they know, what they feel and what they they know about themselves like where are they at if you're looking for medical answers but feel confident that you can maintain a boundary around that that would be that's great but if you don't feel like you're ready to make a boundary or that you can set those boundaries I'm wondering who I'm getting feedback off of. I think it might be Lexi's phone. I got a phone call and I had to end the call. I'm sorry. Okay. I missed some of what you said. <laughs> That's okay. Sometimes when that happens, uh, it disrupts your app. And so you start getting feedback. Yeah, because we're getting the feedback. So maybe Lexi, try muting. My... Sun is also kind of whining in the background. Hold on. Okay. I muted it and then I muted it. Okay. Now there's still a little bit of feedback. You want to keep it muted unless you want to say something? 
Um, maybe I could leave it to you guys. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you so much for joining us and sharing. I think it's a big piece to share that. So. Virtual hug from, from oh. your, your spiritual mom. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, everybody. Yeah, you. I'll see you in a little bit. <laughs> All right. Enjoy. Bye. Bye. I just love our, our mutual family there. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Okay, T, go ahead. Keep going. You okay, so... Yeah, if you have good boundaries, if you have, if you feel confident in that, and I would also suggest to make sure you have, uh, you know who your support system is through the process if you're going to do that. Right. So for example, Lori, we'll throw you under the bus. Um, you know, you, if you're ready for it and you feel like, okay, I, I want to know this, you know that you have a support system and you know who, who that is, you're used to using them and whatnot. But someone who might not have that would be a good idea to to make sure to get that support system in the process. Mm -hmm. And some people might be out there going, well, that's why I'm, I'm looking is because I don't have a support system. I don't have, I would like to know my extended family because I don't have one, right? right? So, you know, those, those are all factors. And I think it's just, um, yeah, just keeping that all in mind. I think it's amazing. Think of the, you know, one of the things as we were, you know, I was listening to Lexi and, and listening to you, Tina, and, you know, even Aaron and myself, look at the, look at the legacies that we're leaving. Look at the new trails we're blazing. Look at, I mean, it, it excites me. It brings me joy. Um, you know, my first book was written on that, you know, what kind of a legacy am I leaving? You know, you mentioned when you think, when you hear mom and dad, you think of your children and I'm exactly the same way. I don't have the best of relationships with um, <clears throat> my, my adoptive parents and I don't know anything about my biological family. So really the whole pursuit in my life as a, especially once I became a parent was to be different, to, to break those cycles, to to handle things differently, to, to be that next generation that says, okay, even if this is our history, even if this is a part of our past, it doesn't have to be a part of my future and my children's future. Right. And then my grand, my grandbabies, you know, I love every time I see them, they, I love they are all, they're so loved and they are, they are the center of their parents' lives. And <clears throat> I love seeing it. I love when they're with me, I know that they have these wonderful foundational, emotional, healthy, spiritual groundings. And that brings me so much joy. Because we are, we're, I, I've always said that I was a cycle breaker and that, you know, creating new legacies. And this was another great example of, of how it could have been a not great thing. And it really did. I know, I just know how hard our talking about the sins of our youth, the 
the things that we do, right? The crazy th decisions we make before the age of 30. <laughs> um, you know, it's hard to be so transparent and vulnerable with that and to love our children through that while feeling embarrassed, um, guilty, um, shameful, all the things that can come up with some of those choices and decisions that we made. But we can let that, we can let that um, have a positive impact on our relationships too. Yes. So um, like I said, it's a, it's a bonding experience for your children to realize you were not a perfect person. Yeah. Right. You, you, you know what they're going through when they're making tough decisions. Yes. So, That's and not right. always coming up with the great ones. I do want to say something real quick because it occurred to me as you were talking, not everyone is going to choose to have children. That's true. Not everyone gets the opportunity to have children. And so I just kind of want to speak to those people out there as they're listening to us talk about how we're healing through our future generation. And then I got to thinking about family ties. We don't always get to choose the family that we have, right. but we get to choose who we let into our family as well, because our family isn't always blood. Sometimes our family is um, happenstance, uh, friends um, who, who our families marry into. Um, like I have three stepchildren and I love them dearly. That I, I, my heart feels just as fond of them as they, it does of my own children. And I get excited for when they're going to start having kids. Um, and so I started thinking an example of that would be my sister. My sister chose not to have children because she um, didn't want to continue the generational stuff. And she was really concerned that she wasn't going to be in the best place for her children if she were to have any that she couldn't give them what they deserve because of what we had gone through as kids. Mm -hmm. And um, so she, she chose not to. And there's a few times she almost thought, okay, I'm, I'm ready. I want, I want kids of my own. And, um, but she wasn't married and she didn't have any, you know, significant others at the time at the time. And, you know, she really felt like that was an important piece to having kids. And now she's married very happily married. She's, it's, it's an amazing uh, matchup. It's perfect. Like God knew exactly what he was doing when he matched those two up. But at an age where she's really kind of past that. And so unless God wants it, it's not going to happen. And so it's interesting that God put someone in her life at a time where, so it was almost, I don't know. Anyway, so does she have regrets at times of not having kids? I think so. I've heard her talk about it. But she puts her energy into how she can pass on, quote unquote, her legacy or impact the future by who she interacts with now. So right. she might take someone at work under her wing or she might, uh, my kids or our brothers and sisters' kids, because mm -hmm. um, I'm the oldest of nine kids. So there's a lot of us. Um, right. but yeah, there's, there's some kids out there. Anyway, but she's closest with my kids because her and I mm -hmm. are full siblings. We have the same parents. So, uh, so yeah, I just, I just want to make a nod out to the people out there that, that may not uh, have kids for whatever reason, mm -hmm. um, that you can still, um, you'll still, you can still have those family ties through nieces, nephews, you know, uh, godparent, godparent, mm -hmm. huge deal. Um, taking people under your wing there's a lot of people out there like me who don't have a great relationship with our parents you Lori I mean so we I know that over time 
I've developed surrogate parents, yeah. parental figures. Not very many, not very often, because it's I'm pretty picky. I don't want anybody bossing me around. <laughs> well, you know, I know, and I, and I say a lot, you know, and I talk about my tribe. Mm-hmm. I talk about those mentors, the the people that I prayed about and I sought out for my children to have those good examples, you know. Mm-hmm. I was very similar to your sister. Um, I seriously, when I found out I was pregnant, um, and luckily I have shared this with my oldest now, you know, so he knows it's not a shock, but, you know, I, I really, I convinced his dad that we were not fit to be parents and we were ready. I was like, no, we should give this child up for adoption before we even start. We are not capable look at our families, look at us. Like I was just sure that I was not supposed to be a parent because I did not feel, I did not feel capable at all. Um, And, you know, mine turned out differently. I do have two sons and, you know, I ended up choosing to be a parent after all. I did take lots of classes I did read every book I could get my hands on because I knew that my own, like my own family history and, and legacy was not going to help me in that department. Like it just wasn't. So I did have to go outside and I did have to build the family, the tribe that I surrounded myself and my children with so that we could have this new healthy cycle breaking generation. Um, but it took a lot to do that. So I'm really glad that you talked about that. I have a sibling as well, um, one of my adoptive siblings, who um, chose. He he always said his philosophy was, this is a very dark world, and um, I don't want to bring anybody else into it. You know, that was his his thing. Um, and then my, my biological sister, um, who I was adopted with, um, we both had the same uterine cancer. <clears throat> I just, I don't know how miraculously, uh, you know, was able to have my two children, but she was three years younger. And um, so she had to have a full hysterectomy. Gosh, let's see, I was 30. So she would have been like 27 and was not able to have children. And so she adopted. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, there's lots of ways to have families and not, and I loved what you said, the mentor, <clears throat> the godparents and the, um, those um, kind of metaphorical or spiritual parents that really weren't ours, but they're like that in our life. And, and I know both Tina, you and I both have some of those people in our lives who, who, yeah, I view some of those men as my dad's and I've used some of those women as, as my mom's, if you will. And again, not very many of them, but there's a couple that are very special and, and I see them as amazing mother role models in my life. And that's who I look to and sought out advice from when I, you know, when I needed it. So yeah, I'm really glad that you brought that up. So. Well, yeah. And I think great topic. <laughs> yeah, and I think, um, like, I know for me, like, you know, we've talked, like, I don't have children, and there's a few sayings I think of, like, you know, what is a legacy? Planting a seeds in a garden you don't get to see, because it's, you know, what are you leaving behind? 
and it's not always necessarily biological. So, you know, there's that. And then for me, it's like, okay, well, I don't have kids right now and I'm, I'll be 39 this year. So I'm getting to an age where unless it's God's plan, I, you know, probably won't have biological, which sucks. Um, I do want kids. So there's, you know, that piece, but like, I'm getting to know the friends at church and I've got so many spiritual families. I got you guys. I have, I've built like Lori, you, as you say, your tribe, I've built an amazing tribe. And, you know, I think there's, there were two friends when I graduated high school that I truly kept in touch with, like right after high school and that I still keep in touch with today. And I've reconnected with some. And in fact, I'm celebrating my 20th school anniversary this year. So that's a thing. <laughs> it's been 20 years since I graduated high school. Um, so that's, you know, celebrating this year. And I'm not the only one of my class that don't have children. A lot of my classmates don't. Because I think we were kind of like, because we graduated in 2002. I'd say about half of us don't have kids, the other half do. And I think we were kind of at that age or that kind of that generation where children were not the most important thing for a lot of us. Like, and not that it wasn't like, I always wanted to be a mom and I still do. Um, but we decided to maybe put our time and our career and stuff first because we wanted to have a, a, like a stability for a family. Um, and, and some people choose to have children, you know, as soon as they get out of high school and that's, you know, that's their thing too. Um, but yeah, I mean, I have a, you know, great tribe, great family, great spiritual family. And if that happens one day, amen. Um, you know, and I know my mom had always said that, um, she always thought that I would end up with somebody who's a few years older that already had children because she thought I would do really well with older kids. She didn't, because as a kid, you know, not not having younger siblings, I'd never, I don't even think I've ever changed a diaper. <laughs> I would like to say you're missing out, but I get that I would be lying. <laughs> but, but it's just for that, like I was in my neighborhood when I was growing up, I was of the younger generation of kids there. And as we grew up, there weren't really younger kids under us because we were the youngest. And then we kind of grew as we grew, there weren't any younger ones under us. So for us, um, you know, when the, the neighborhood grew up, there was no generation under us. <laughs> so uh, there wasn't a lot of like babysitting and stuff when I was a kid. So I, yeah, I think, I think my mom was kind of on hit the nail on the head. So I'm like, okay, you know, and I, and it's not, I'm totally open to that. You know, if that's what God puts on my heart and I end up with somebody that's has some old kids, cool, you know, um, but it, again, it's important to have that tribe, that, that solid support system around you just for your entire life and not being, not being afraid to let people in, but also knowing where your boundaries lie too and keeping, um, keeping yourself safe, just, you know, because you're going to get hurt. There's going to be a lot of hurt along the way, but you can do it. Um, and sure there, you know, and just as a reminder, families fight, families argue and have disagreements and don't always have the same opinions as you do, but they're still your family, regardless of like how they became your family. And that's, if you guys can get through that, that means your bond is even stronger. Yep. So one of the things I raised my girls, uh, doing is that no matter what, they're going to have friends that come and go. 
but this, they're sisters. They're always going to be sisters. That's a title that doesn't go away, um, right. no matter where they're at and what they're doing. And they will. They will fight sometimes and argue because they don't see things eye to eye. And, I mean, they could be not speaking to each other. And the two not speaking to each other, if one of them were to fall, if one of them were to end up in an emergency situation, you're darn tootin' that they would, I don't know where that came from, but anyway, you're, they're, they're, they are going to drop whatever was the problem, and they will be the first ones there, and they will fight off anyone who gets in between them. I mean, they are very close-knit, very close-knit. Now, that doesn't, like I said, that doesn't mean they always, like, if one does something really stupid, they're not going to stand there and go, well, no, that wasn't stupid. No, they're going to say, no, that was stupid. Don't do that again. You right. know what I'm saying? That's, that's oh, just yeah. the way they are. And and the other piece, too, I like what you're saying about you don't know who's going to come into your life, EJ. Yeah. You, you know, they, they, there may be a man who has children uh, that are older. And I can speak from experience that, like I said earlier, my stepkids are my kids. And my kids are my husband's kids. Like him and my, one of my daughters are out, they went on a journey together today. I'm like, okay, cool. She's like, that's a little weird. I'm like, it probably has something to do with Mother's Day. <laughs> oh, that's right. That is coming but, up. Yeah, but, you know, he, he, he did. He, he, he's like, hey, you want to go ahead, go hang out with me? I could use the company. And so they're, you know, and my three are the ones just who have all our grandchildren. We have nine grandchildren, but those grandbabies are his. Yeah. Amen. He loves them. They are his grandkids. Yeah. Now, is he excited for his kids to start having kids so that, you know, he has, you know, yeah, but it's, yeah, they're, they're still his. So, Amen. and he has a huge role in my kids' life and the grandkids' life. Um, he is grandpa. He is stepdad. He is a dad yeah. and yeah. to them. And uh, they take that seriously. It matters to mm -hmm. them. So. Family, it's not just blood, it's everything else. I think on Supernatural, they say family doesn't end in blood or something along those lines. Or families don't mean blood or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. Well, what's great about, sorry, what's great about the title of this is Family Ties. The, the word ties, sometimes it can be a knot. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes that knot can be like a Gordian knot, like, yeah, I'm going to take a sword. Right. But then I, and exactly that, and I also think of the Ecclesiastes 4, 9 to 12 scripture about a cord of three strands cannot be broken. So yeah. and that, while that is used oftentimes as a scripture during a wedding, it can also mean family. Yes, absolutely. 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 Yep. I love those scriptures. We, have, we shared some good stuff today, ladies. Thanks. Yeah. It was a fun one. Yeah, I loved it. And um, I would just like to say a huge thank you to Lexi for coming on and sharing. I, I don't know if I had been in a similar situation that I would be suddenly ready to share all that right away. But I mean, kudos to her for being willing <laughs> and able to put that out there. Um, thank you, Tina, for, you know, being vulnerable and being willing to let her share that because I, I can imagine, you know, like you said, you know, you were a little embarrassed with the, the past. Um, Indiscretion. Yeah. <laughs> that means if I ever decide to write my story, it might have some interesting parts. <laughs> yeah, you have a new chapter to add to it. Yeah. Yeah, she, she, I just think it was super important for her to be able to tell her story. And if I can't, 
allow a little bit of mine to be told she can't tell hers and uh it's a pretty a pretty good story she's a good storyteller yeah yes she speaks well she does Well, just a friendly reminder that anything discussed in this podcast is not to be used as a diagnosis or replacement for conversations with your own doctors, therapists, psychologists, or other medical professionals. This episode will be available on Anchor, Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and more. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as Behind the Mask PC. And if you don't use social media, you can email us at BehindTheMaskPC at gmail.com. Feel free to review us on Anchor, leave feedback on the platform you listen to us on, or message us through our social media or email because we'd love to hear what you think. And if there's a topic you'd like to hear us talk about, message us and we'll see about making it happen. You can find me, EJ, on Twitter and Instagram as EJ8302. And again, huge thank you to Lexi for joining us today. And on behalf of the ladies and myself, thank you for listening and we'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye.